Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to a special bonus Arsenal Weekly podcast with me, Russell Hargreaves. Today we're going to be hearing a Q&A session with Ray Parler that was conducted on the summer tour of Australia. I'll be back at the end to tell you more about next Monday's episode. But for now, enjoy some words of wisdom from the great Romford Pele. A very warm welcome to everyone watching this on Facebook or indeed listening on the podcast. We're at the Park Hyatt in glorious Sydney Harbour. We've got six Arsenal fans from six different countries around this table and one true Arsenal legend. He doesn't really need an intro, but let's go through some of those career stats at Arsenal for you. 466 games, 32 goals, 12 years in the first team for Arsenal, nine major honours and one pretty good goal in the 2002 FA Cup final. Let's give it up for the Romford Pelé, Ray Parler. Thank you. Great, great introduction. Right. Great to have you here. When you hear those, those numbers, do you pinch yourself? Do you, do you feel enormous pride? Absolutely. Um, I don't think you ever thought you could make them sort of uh, numbers. Um, as a kid, you're always hoping that you could get into the first team and trying to you know, have a career playing football. Um, but you know, it was a dream come true. I signed for Arsenal at 11 years old, and then you was always hoping one day you can play in that first team. And um, to make your debut and then carry on in your career, uh, and my career's been a little bit, you know, indifferent uh, at the first first period and then obviously the second period when we won lots of honours. It's been a, a magnificent career and I'm so delighted that, you know, I play for a, a great club. We talk about Romford, you're about 10,000 miles from Romford right now. We've had a great week in Sydney. How have you found the fans here? How have you found the city? It's been amazing, it really has. First time in Sydney, first time in Australia. So, um, you know, I think the players really enjoyed it as well. I mean, the reception we got from the plane was amazing. You know, 6.30 in the morning, we turn up at Sydney Airport. There's 500 people waiting there to, to cheer us onto the coaches. Uh, and it, it's been great. It's, been, it's a lovely, lovely city. Uh, I definitely will come back um, after I've been here for, for, for my first time. And the supporters, even around the hotel area, has been, been amazing. So uh, I know we've got support all around the world, but this is, this is part of it. And, and the, the crowds we've had are unbelievable. You know, 80,000 turn up for a pre-season friendly. You imagine them young kids we've got in the team, 17 years old, playing in front of 80,000. It must be an amazing experience for them guys as well. Absolutely. Loads of questions to get through. Let's go to Suresh first of all. Hello, Suresh. Uh, hi, Ray Father. Uh, it's just been like a really unbelievable moment for like staying like just close to you to ask you some questions. Uh, the question for 
this event from myself is uh, uh, what would be the deciding factors for Arsenal to win Premier League this season? Like, what do you consider like uh, will be the deciding things? Mm. Okay, um, it's going to be difficult because you know it's very competitive now. I mean, I always go back to when I was winning. Uh, the, the, the Premier League. Um, it was probably always Arsenal, Manchester United only. Ninety-eight. You know, it was it, Chelsea was, Abramovich wasn't at Chelsea. Man City was in the uh, division below. Spurs wasn't as good as they are. Liverpool wasn't as good. Everton now are better than what they was. So it's going to be difficult for Arsenal, but they've got to believe they can do it. Um, you know, we've seen Leicester uh, win the Premier League, so it gives everybody hope. Um, but to keep your best players, probably if you can. I know we're going to have situations where we don't know what's going to happen with certain players. Um, Lacazette's going to be a great signing. Uh, maybe the boss and Arsenal Football Club are looking at other signings as well. Don't know who, but anybody who can you know, improve the, the team, not the squad, the team, will be a, a massive... Uh, but you've got to believe as a player, you know, at the start of the season, you've got to say, right, OK, let's give it a right big, big shot and uh, hopefully we can go all the way. But it's going to be difficult because it is a tough league. Mike's got a question about new signings. As you say, two players have come in. So, obviously, you just talked about the new signings. So, what are your feelings on the, the two players that have come in? Uh, do you think they'll fit into the team well? Is there any players that potentially might be pushed out? Um, I think that Kalisniak, is, is that how you know Spencer's name? Close enough. Uh, uh, I'd say that, enough. do, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but he, he looks a real proper, yeah. solid, uh, you know, he looks like a rugby player more, which I like because sometimes you've got to be a little bit tougher as well. I'm looking at set plays and things like that. He can play on the left wing back or the, the, the left side of the three in, in, at the back. So that's options. Um, I think he's going to be a really good signing. Uh, and like I said, it just shows you that, you know, a goal scorer, we, we've had Thierry on me over the years, Ian Wyatt, people like that. Once you get a chance, you score. And that, that showed on the first, first appearance. Yeah, yeah. You know, he got one chance, back of the net, yeah. where other players might have six, seven chances and don't score. So uh, I'm really hoping that he can hit the ground running in the Premier League. Look, it's a little bit more difficult, week in, week out. Uh, but at the moment, they're positive signings. And um, again, uh, we've got to make sure that he's, you know, if he, if, he, if he scores in his first few games, then I'm sure he's going to get better and better. And uh, that, that could be really good signings for Arsenal because goal scorers are really hard to find these yeah. days. Uh, and if you can get one like Lacazette and he can take his chances, then we've got a real, real good chance of... Uh, because he's going to get plenty of chances. With the players he's got behind him, he's going to get plenty of opportunities to, to get into areas. Uh, so they are very good signings, yeah. These players are all back in pre-season now, including those new signings. How has pre-season changed since uh, you were in your prime? Well, it's changed a lot. We would never come to a place like this uh, in our pre-season. You know, 20, 21 hours on a plane, we'd be like two hours maximum on the plane. We'd be going to Austria or, or in, in Europe somewhere. Um, but it just shows how globally football's got improved and got more bigger, uh, especially the Premier League. And if you see other teams, they're going to America and all around the world. So obviously we go to China next and Shanghai and Beijing and lots of fans out there as well. And it's great for the uh, supporters because I know you guys in New Zealand or Australia, you know, it's, it's a situation where you, you're, you're watching the games at one in the morning, two in the morning, yeah. and we've got such a massive support over this side of the, the world that it's great that you can see the players in the flesh uh, and, and, and be, be close to them. And, uh, it's been amazing because every day in that hotel outside, you've had hundreds and two hundreds of people waiting there. And it's just brilliant that you can sign their autographs and you know, shirts or whatever they've got, memorabilia. 
uh, that they can say we've seen the players. So, uh, no, it's fantastic. A lot different now from when we used to play. Speaking of the prime of your career, the Invincibles is going to come up in this podcast, uh, I'm sure. Bhushan why, why is that? from India. <laughs> <laughs> Bhushan from India has got a, got a good question on that one. Okay. I guess any questions or there's no limit of questions to be talked about the Invincible period because that's one of the goldest moments for us Arsenal fans as well. That it's with something which you're amazingly proud of and it's, it's really awesome that mm. you guys did that in that point. Uh, in terms of uh, the Invincible thing, do you? I mean, I know this is a very vague question, but do you foresee any of Arsenal's current or future squads actually coming close to that achievement? Is, is that something which is achievable or is it really... Out of the world at this no stage. chance, no chance. No, I, I don't think any any team, any team in the yeah. Premier League. I think it's so competitive now. Yeah. I mean, it was competitive when we done it. But, mm -hmm. uh, these days, I mean, we just talk about the top six, top seven teams in, in, the, in the Premier League. Right. It's so difficult. Even if you're playing the bottom team, you know, teams like Burnley away. It's a, it's a difficult game. True. Yeah. So I don't think that'll ever happen again. I mean, it's one of those situations where it probably. We didn't realise we was going to try and do it. Right. I mean, you don't you don't set your season off to say we're going to we're going to go unbeaten. Hmm. We, we we set our season off. So we're going to win the Premier League. Simple. But about seven or eight games to go, you, then the press are now saying, "Oh, they're not being beaten yet." And then suddenly, people trying to beat you yeah. be the first team to beat you that season. And it, the games were getting more difficult. Obviously, we won the league at White Hart Lane, which is great if you're an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got four games left, and they probably were the hardest four games because. You take your foot off the pedal a little bit. Let's mm. go back to 98. We won the league and we went to Liverpool the next game. We lost 4-0, but it doesn't matter because we've won the Premier League. It doesn't matter. So we had to keep our focus and that's where Arsenal Wenger done a great job to say, right lads, this is a massive opportunity. So maybe go unbeaten. And I think that the game always sticks out in my mind is where we got absolutely battered and we should yeah. have lost was Portsmouth away, Preston oh, Park. Right. Uh, and Jens Lehmann, who we saw earlier, he had a brilliant game that night. You know, he was he was superb, and uh, he probably kept us in the game. And we managed to get a one-one draw, um, and even going into the last game of the season, one-nil down half-time to Leicester, we managed to win that game two-one. So, them last few games are really difficult, but what an achievement for the players. And uh, the, the thing we had in our squad that everybody never knew when we was beaten. Hmm. You know, we always had a we had goal scorers, and we had real uh, fighters in that team to say. You know, we go one nil down. We we make sure we get back into the game, and uh, that's that's the beauty we had in our team itself. Arsene Wenger always said that it would take some time to understand the scale of that achievement. You'd need a few more years to to pass before you look mm. back and realise how big it was. Do you feel that? Um, I think it was a, a big achievement. I don't think we really thought uh, a lot about it. The main thing was obviously winning the Premier League. That is the you know picking that trophy up at the end of the season. But if you look at it now, I mean, how many years later, 13 years later, it is a massive achievement. When you look back at it and say, well, because there's always a, day, a game where you have an off game and you might get beat 3-0 or, right, lads, OK, we'll have a big meeting Monday. Let's forget about that game. Let's move on to the next one. But it just seemed to, you know, I know we had 12 draws that, that season, 26 wins. Um, but there was, game, there, was, there was times in them 12 draws, probably, when we looked like we were going to get beat but we've managed to find a goal from somewhere or, 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 or battle back into the game. Uh, and that was, the, that, that was a real big trait to have in your side because we had a lot of winners in our side and no one knew when they was beaten. And uh, you know, I, I, that's why it was such a great achievement to, to do that. Let's move on. Adam's got a question for Ray. Uh, Mr. Parley, thank you for the opportunity. I'm Adam from Arsenal America. Brilliant. I just wanted to know if you had any uh, advice for up and coming footballers for on and off the pitch. 
Well, um, as a kid myself, um, you always got to believe you can get to the top. Um, you know, always practice is the most important thing. I mean, I know it's a little bit different these days with, with all the uh, consoles they've got and Xboxes and that, but I was always over the park, kicking the ball against the wall, playing with my brothers, you know, I was always on, you know, activity, um, which is so important. So I always tell, say to kids now, make sure you do your homework because, you know, in case you don't make it, but then if you've got any spare time, make sure you practice. Because you can practice on your own. You can find a wall somewhere. You can keep, keep the ball up. You can do technique yourself. Um, and believe you can do it. I remember I, I signed for Arsenal when I was obviously 11 years old. I was always hoping, uh, but it, it, it doesn't get serious till 16. That's when you sign your full contract and you're in the training every day. And we have probably 40 kids as apprentices. And I was probably the 15th best player out of the 40. But I made sure I had, I had to do a little bit more than the 15 above me to, to, to try and get an opportunity to be a footballer. So you've got to believe in yourself, but you've got to work, work really hard to get to, to what you want to get to. Uh, and if you do that, I'm sure the coaches, whoever's with you, will help you along the way if they see the desire that you've got and the desire to play for a, a club like Arsenal. Uh, and that's why I've certainly had. And that's probably why I got the opportunity before some of the kids above me who were better than me because I had that bit more desire to make it. Let's go straight to Matt from Australia. Hey Ray, yeah, Matt Mays from Arsenal, Australia. Welcome. Brilliant. Um, what a lovely place. It's beautiful. I might come and live here soon. You should, you should. <laughs> or, um, or India, maybe. <laughs> uh, Ray, you've, basically you could break your career down into two eras, the, the days of the Tuesday club and then, um, then the arrival of Arsene Wenger. Um, what, what are the things that you really miss about the days of the Tuesday club and then the transition into the modern era? What, what what, how did that help your well, career? Yeah, it wasn't really a Tuesday club. It was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday club. Right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask that question again. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was great fun. It's a totally different era. I mean, back in the early 90s, it was much more British-orientated. Uh, every team was more British. Not many foreign players were playing. Yeah. We had a few here and there. Anders Limpar, John Jensen come into the club in 94, 95. Um, but it, and it was more regimental. You always play Saturday afternoon, always had Sunday off. Then we train Monday, Tuesday we always run at the Highbury, which we've done a real hard session, and then we always had Wednesday off. But these days it's totally different because you play Saturday, Sunday, Monday sometimes, Friday night sometimes now, uh, and you, you know, you've got to be on the ball. Social media wasn't about uh, in the early 90s, you know, no camera phones or, you know, so if someone fell over in a bar, no one could take a picture of you <laughs> and you wouldn't be in the papers and, and then whatever. So you've got you to live totally differently now, um, which you would do, you go with the times. But it was great fun. I mean, sometimes football got in a way of social. You know, we had a big, if we had a big party on a Thursday night, if we was playing Spurs, we'd go out. If we was playing Man United, you'd have to stay in because it was a bigger game, a harder game. But it was a situation where, um, what can I say? Sometimes we weren't as professional as we should be, um, but we seemed to somehow get, get through it. And we had a really good squad of players. I mean, if you go back to that era, Steve Bold is assistant manager now, Tony Adams, Paul Merson, and all them sort of guys were great, great fun to go out with. And, um, and, and, and these days, it's more of a bubble for the players. You know, you're in a, 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 a situation where the player goes out and he's, he's out in a bar and whatever, people take pictures and suddenly he gets to the wrong places. So you've got, be, you've got to live a little bit more of a professional life now. And probably what changed us was um, in 96, Arsene Wenger came into the club, he's much more professional. 
Uh, we had to concentrate a lot more. And obviously, Dennis Bergkamp and people like that were turning up at the club. And you could just see how professional they were. I mean, the way they trained and the way they, uh, the application to their, their job and playing football. And that was a big eye opener for a lot of the guys, the British guys especially. And, and that's when you thought, well, we, we've got to concentrate a bit more. We've got to do a little bit more in training. We've got to do a little bit more of this. We've got to act outside. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The football a little bit better, and that's what we probably did. Excellent. But the Tuesday club was brilliant, though. Yeah. <laughs> and I can, I, I've, got a, I've got a new club now, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday club now. It's even better. So you can always come if you want, later. Thanks, yeah? I'll, be there. I'll be there. The Tuesday club and that whole culture was, was key to fostering that team spirit as well. In the modern day, what's the key to a team spirit? Because that social side has dropped off a little. Well, these sort of, these sort of, um, you know, these sort of trips now is great for team spirit. You know, all the players are with each other for two weeks. So you, you get to know personalities. Um, and I think at the moment, the, the team is very much um, a, a real good place. If, if you know, everybody gets on, what I've seen anyway, uh, everybody's, you know, um, communication is great. Um, per Motorsack has done a great job, I think, that, um, you know, it's a skipper to get everybody into an area. You always got to have them leaders. And I think Per is a great person to have to, you know, if they're going to go out together, Per's the man, you know, he's going to look after them all. If they don't go out, Per's the man to say, right, no, not tonight. And I, I think you've got to have them sort of players. We had Tony Adams and people like that as, as our leaders. Um, so I think the, the group itself at the moment is in a really good place. And everybody, as I said before, is, is, is enjoying their, everybody's company, uh, which is so important. Next question is from Gab. Hello. Hi, Ray. I'm Gab from the Philippines. Oh, brilliant. Part of Arsenal Philippines, yeah. Um, what do you miss most about your playing days? Um, I miss it the day to day, really. Um, you know, again, you only you get paid on a Saturday. You, you, you do get paid during the week, but the main the main job for you is when you walk out in that field in front of what, fifty thousand people, you got to perform. It's no good performing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in training, and then you don't do it on a Saturday. Saturday is, a, is the main day. 
but I missed mostly is the day-to-day banter with the players. So we turn up, just room areas. When we, when we train, you concentrate. You know, you know exactly what you've got to do as your position or your team members or what you've got to do for your team. Uh, but behind the scenes, you don't realise how much fun footballers have because we're all working-class people. Uh, we all turn up and uh, it's, right, it's really good fun. So I miss that mostly, you know, going into training every day, going onto the pitch. And, but Saturdays is you miss the most as well. I mean, you, you pinch yourself sometimes when you walk out in front of 50,000, 60,000 people. You get on that pitch and you perform and you win games. Obviously, we had a really good winning side. It's easier to win games and lose games. And uh, you, you miss that really much, the, you know, the, the com- everybody together. And... Uh, Going, in, going into seasons where, what can we achieve this season? You know, winning trophies, you know, the FA Cup, the Premier League and all these big, big games to play in. So you miss that massively. Let's go to Suresh. We've got a question about Arsene Wenger. Uh, I would like to ask you something about this uh, current situation. Like, uh, you have seen the best of Arsene Wenger because like, you were in the Invincible team. Like, of course, you have seen great things. Uh, you have followed great things about from Arsene Wenger. Mm. Uh, what does it take to uh, take to get him at his best again? Because like due to current situation, and uh, what like, is it players or tactics uh, that will lead him to his success again, like glory days? Um, well, I think it's a lot more difficult as I said before. Uh, the, the league is a lot tougher uh, now, um, and everybody has a little bit of a you know a lot has happened in the club. Uh, over the years, I mean, moving stadiums, and he's done a wonderful job. I know we come fifth, which is an Arsenal standard is not good enough. You know, we have to be in the top four. Uh, we have to be challenging for the title. You know, that's what we want. As uh, I'm a supporter now, as much as, as you guys. Um, but what I can say about Arsene Wenger, when I was at the club, now I'm not I'm not at the club every day now. I don't see what happens, but I'm sure the training methods, uh, what we've done with the team itself when we was there, is exactly the same. But it's a lot more difficult now to get players. Probably ten clubs in the world have got all the best. Ten clubs in the probably world have got all the best players, and you're competing with them guys. Uh, and usually the money side of it is is totally different from when I played as well. You know, who, is there a Nicholas Anelka out there for half a million? Is there Patrick Vieira for two and a half million? Everybody knows every single player now, so it's a lot more difficult to to get them sort of players. But all I can say is when I was there, Arsene Wenger made me a much better player. On that training field every single day, working with the players, uh, working individually with people himself. Uh, I remember going up to him, I've got to do my left foot a bit more or practice that and he said, well, I'll do it with you after training. So he was, he was magnificent in that point of view. But, you know, as I said before, it's a lot more difficult now to maybe uh, compete at a top level um, with financially than other clubs like Man City and you know they, they can go out and buy as many players as they like but Arsenal are not in that mould they've always had a structure in their in their you know in their the way they run the club that you know they're not going to go and break the bank for, for anybody so you've got to respect that but also as a supporter we want to be challenging as well straight to Mike for a question about Ray's famous nickname so you, you obviously called the, the Romford Palais. We practiced it yesterday at the, the fan event. Yes. Uh, giving you a little jingle, so that was quite cool. Uh, I understand uh, Mark Overmars gave you that uh, nickname. Did uh, can you explain how it came about? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, it was a bit of a su- surprise for me when I got that nickname there. Um, what it was in training one day, I went around about three players. I think I nutmeg Dennis Burkamp and I smashed the ball and, it, and David Seaman didn't move straight in the top corner. 
a little Mark Overmars run past me and said, uh, you are like the Romford Pele. And I said, you don't even know where Romford is. He went, no, I don't, because obviously he's from Holland. Um, anyway, that afternoon, we, in them days, you had to take turns doing the press. Um, he had to do the press that afternoon. And they asked him a question, can you beat Manchester United? This is 97, 98 season. Can you beat Manchester United this season? And little Mark Overmars said, we we'll definitely win the league because we've got the one for Pele on our side. <laughs> and they written in the press. Right. And next day I was going, what are you doing, Mark? You know, you killed me. Huh? Well, you know, ah, it's only a bit of fun. Anyway, in the end, uh, I went on onto a radio show uh, and it, that, that's what happened. Everyone's calling me the one for Pele. And it was, uh, it was embarrassing at one stage, but then obviously the Twitter site and all that, it was opened. Uh, some, some lady opened my Twitter site, called it the Romf, real one for Pele. And it's, it's just stuck. So uh, that's, it was Mark Overmars' fault. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a bad nickname, to be fair. Amazing, awesome. Um, so I'm a massive Burkamp fan myself. Mm. Um, so you just mentioned your, your nutmeg Burkamp, so that would have been pretty, uh, pretty awesome to I see. I don't know every day in training. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he done well, it to me as well, though. Well, was he always a, like a perfectionist on the field? Was he always trying to improve himself on the field as well? Yeah, he was a brilliant player. Yeah. Absolutely superb. I mean, if you, if you look at uh, certain players that... Uh, you look who you played with, you know, you look at Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, Robert Perez, all them sort of guys. Dennis was always our main man. I, I thought he was my main man. I mean, he was, he was superb. I mean, if you, you ask Ian Wright, if you ask Thierry Henry, how many goals they scored, yeah. a lot is that down to Dennis. And yeah. what, what, how, how I can probably say how you can see who's the best player is every single, if, if you see a top class player or an, a good player, you always get three options. You're running forward as a, as a where he played. Yeah. You'll have a pass to the right, pass to the left, shoot yourself. Dennis, and probably 95% of the time, if you make the right option, that knows how good you are. And, and Dennis usually made the right option. And uh, he, he was magnificent. And uh, what can I say? He was a really good lad as well in training. His, his work, work ethic was unbelievable. I mean, he trained hard every single day. He, he practiced after training, uh, on his own sometimes. Uh, just to keep his standards that high and uh, you know, when we bought him at seven and a half million I think everybody in the club had a big buzz, Dennis Burkham, what a player and he certainly didn't let anybody down, he was, he was magnificent, brilliant. And he was funnier than people think? Yeah, he had a great sense of humour, yeah. brilliant. Uh, I think uh, there was one occasion we used to pull, pull, muck about pull people's shorts down and things <laughs> like that. So when you're having a picture with people, <laughs> straight down. And I was sub one day and Dennis was sub, so we were all sitting on the bench and this is pre-season again. And, uh, Arsene Wenger, right, you're going on. So I'm just about to go on. You know when you're waiting for the ball to go out? Yeah. So Dennis has walked behind me without me knowing. He's pulled my shorts down in front of the whole stand. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Quickly pulled him up and uh, you know, everyone's laughing. So Dennis was a really good guy and uh, he, loved it. he loved having a laugh off the field as well. But he had that, that character as well where you couldn't, you know, he had that little bit of a nastiness which you've got to have as a footballer. You know, yeah. he, he could look after himself on the pitch because them centre-halves, kick him, kick him, you know, take him out. But he could look after himself as well, which was a, a big, big trait to have if you're playing in the Premier League. We've got time for one more question. It's Bushan. Yeah, so I mean, it's awesome to hear stories about uh, you and your previous teammates. But if you had a chance, is there any one player you think from the current squad you would have loved to play with? Or maybe more than one, for that matter? Um, if I look at the team I play with, a lot of people ask me that question. Who would get in your team? Um, probably the obvious one is Sanchez. Um, he would be the, the obvious choice. Other than that, I mean, you could maybe argue with um, someone like Koscielny at the back uh, for Colo Torre in that, that unbeaten season. 
Um, but you know, we had such a good side that you know people like Özil probably wouldn't get in because Dennis Bergkamp, same sort of position. Sure. You'd probably rather have Dennis Bergkamp than Özil, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm not saying he's not a bad player, Özil, but he, he's, Dennis was different class. Thierry Henry, no one would get in front of him. Yeah. Patrick Vieira, probably no one would get in front of him. So, you know, there's not many players probably from the current squad, right. but they're all very, very talented players now. Uh, we've got a very good squad of players. Um, and if you had to pick one, probably be Sanchez, maybe on, on one of the wings that he could probably play there. It's great, great you mentioned uh, players like uh, Henri and Perez. Uh, like, I mean, one of the observations is that uh, Arsenal is one of the few clubs which tends to have players, even after they finish up their footballing careers, they come and be involved with the club. Like People like yourself, people mm. like Henri, Perez and recently Mertzsaker who's going to be playing a role in actually helping build talent for the future teams. From a player's perspective, that's really awesome to see that players who actually have played for the club remain with the club and are loyal to the club unlike other players who just run away for money and stuff yeah but from a player's perspective what do you think Arsenal does right that not many clubs are able to do globally that you're, you guys are still motivated to stay with the club and do a lot for the next few teams yeah. and the generations well it, it's like a family you know you've got to, exactly, you've got, yeah. you've got to treat it like a family uh, you know all my teammates were my mates and you know brothers really you know we I'm gonna help you as much as you can help me that's how you got to act as a, as a club as I said before I was at the club for 20 years so a long long time uh, I love the club more than anything and I think that being I'm very honoured and privileged right. to be here today talking to you guys in Australia, part of the Arsenal setup. Um, I'm sure the other players are as well, well Sierra Henry obviously, Gilberto Silva will be with us in um, Beijing, another fantastic player midfield. Um, you know, as you mentioned there, a lot of these guys, Perez is, is to do with the club, Sol Campbell now, um, all these sort of guys that really enjoy it being a representative for, for Arsenal Football Club because it is a great club. Um, you know, when I walked in a club at 12, 13 years old, the history, you know, walking up their marble stairs and seeing Arsenal Football Club, you thought, wow, this is, this is proper club. Uh, and it hasn't let me down. It's been a magnificent part of my life, you know. Uh, so I'm really honoured to be involved in the club still. And uh, I'm sure Per Mertesacker, as I mentioned before, he's a great guy, that he will really do well for the academy now uh, after this season. I'm sure we'll play a part this season, uh, but going forward, uh, I really I think the youngsters will look at her and, and get a lot out of um, just seeing what he's achieved in his life uh, and how many caps he's got for Germany. Uh, and hopefully we can get a few more players come through the ranks. And as we see on the other night, Nelson, we all we look fantastic youngsters yeah. we got here at the club. So hopefully they can grow as, as players and and get better and be in that first team soon. We'd love to talk all day, but we've run out of time, I'm afraid. Thanks for your wonderful questions. Thanks to Ray Parler for some guys. great stories from a great career. Let's hear it one more time. Ray Parler. Thanks, guys. This is the final word. With this being a Ray Parler special, we thought the final word on the Arsenal Weekly podcast this week should be a reminder of Ray's greatest goals for the club. It's good work by Wiltor. Ray Parler takes it off. Parler! It's a vintage FA Cup goal for Arsenal. Only Ray Parler's second goal of the season. It's come in the FA Cup final. Kanu. Parler's on the move and he's onside. He's never scored a hat trick for Arsenal. They'll never have a better chance. He's got it. 
This is Ray Parler's party. Taken quickly, Carnet. Now Ray Parler. Might have a bang here, you know, what a goal! 1-0 down, 2-1 up. Ray Parler with a beauty. Lovely turn from Pires. Made himself a couple of yards of space. And here goes Ray Parler. This is for a hat-trick. He's got it. And isn't he delighted about it too? Beautifully found by Pires. His second hat-trick in an Arsenal shirt. Got it. Here's Parler. It's bending, it's in! It's Ray Parler's first goal in European club football. What a time to get it. And my goodness me, what a way to get it. Well, that's full time on this week's bonus edition. Our thanks to Ray Parler, to Chris Harris, and of course to the Arsenal fans involved in that Q&A. And we're back on Monday, the 18th of September. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.